Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is an unspoiled network podcast. This is Unspoiled, covering the Dresden Files, Book 12, Changes, Chapters 42, 43, and 44. In these chapters, we arrive at Chichen Itza, and the situation is precarious. (laughs) It turns out the vamps knew they were coming. <laughs> That's not great. Welcome to Unspoiled. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Natasha. I am Rashawn. Rashawn, welcome back to the <laughs> battle for. I don't even like it's. It's a battle for Harry's daughter. It's a battle for the rulership of the Red Court. Apparently, uh, there's a lot. There's a lot going on here that Harry was not aware of until he arrived. Oh yeah, there's levels. Yeah. So, what do you think of the uh, the revelations in this section? Well, we find out that Ariana is actually the Red King's daughter, mm-hmm. and uh, which is interesting uh, because she has been and is known as uh, Duchess, right? Which s- said to me personally that she was not the daughter because I would expect that to be something else, you know, princess, princess or, or something. Yeah. Um, I don't know how titles work. Yeah, I don't either. Like a, a Duke is, is what? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, Harry, Prince Harry is a Duke as well. Right. I you I know what that's called, but I won't say the word. Wait, why? But, uh, 
because it sounds dumb. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? When you're a duke and a duchess and you're, you're uh, whatever you're duke of, you know, uh, isn't that called like a D-U-C-H-O-N-Y? Is that that word? Oh, like a duchy? Is that how you say it? I okay, think see, I it's a duchy. I didn't know how to say it, so I didn't want to say it. <laughs> I'm, you know what? Don't quote me on that. <laughs> I said it, but I don't stand by it. So I guess you can be both. I guess you can be a princess and also a duchess, I guess, right? I get. I don't know. See, this is what I mean. I really honestly don't know. I, if, it, if somebody says that that exists, then mm-hmm. sure. Because, like, Meghan Markle is the duchess of whatever their deal is. Okay. Um, so I think it's like a like a like a land title versus a uh, monarch title. Oh, you know what I mean. I don't know if now I'm now that you say it, right. it like that. I get what you mean. Oh, that makes it make sense to my brain a little bit more that they're predicated <laughs> on different criteria. Right. I didn't know that. Okay. Okay. I feel I you. Think. I feel you. <laughs> Uh, so, but, so that was a nice little reveal, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, we get to see Harry finally see Maggie with his own two eyes. Mm-hmm. And that is a really hard moment because she's terrified of him, yeah. of everyone. And he doesn't get a chance to even really comfort her. No. He doesn't get a chance to be like, hey, I'm your dad. Oh, yeah. Just he like tries to tell her that, you know, that he's here to take her away to safety. But uh, he also has to walk out and leave her there chained mm-hmm. behind that altar. So that's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we uh, when it ends, it ends on like that fucking epic line, too. Right. <laughs> Bitch, come get some. <laughs> Is that the epic line? Yes, ma'am. That would be the one. <laughs> I, I will never hear him, like, Harry Dresden saying, bitch, I will always think of, well, I can't remember who he was talking to, but somebody gives him, like, a bunch of lip. And then he just replies with, bitch, I said, wittily. <laughs> Which will never not be funny to me that he just, like, just screamed bitch after somebody mm. monologued at him. So that was what I kind of wanted him to just, she, what is the, what is the line that it ends with? Hold on. I'm going there for a second. Uh, oh yeah, here it is. Um, you've considered, you should have considered that before you insulted me by murdering my grandchild. I am patient wizard, more patient than you could imagine. And I have looked forward to this day when the consequences of your arrogance shall fall upon both you and all who love you. And I would have loved if he just said, bitch, and that was it. <laughs> but bitch, come get some is also pretty good. But bitch by itself would have been very funny. Mm-hmm. So what grandchild is she talking about? Bianca. She... Oh, Jesus Book Christ. three, bitch. Right. Mm-hmm. So I thought she was mad because of the thing with Ortega. It seems like Which... that matters much less to her than Harry supposed. <laughs> yeah, right. Because Harry hasn't really mentioned Bianca, right? Uh, he mentions her like in that conversation when they're establishing what's going on. Um, I'm trying to well, find the spot. I know he brings. I know he brings up Bianca's name when 
the when the priestess is setting out the rules of combat and and uh one of the rules is they're going to use it's not going to be a physical fight it's going to be power and he starts talking about having dealt with red court vampires who were who were also sorcerers and he names Bianca but he doesn't as far as i can tell bring her up in relation to Ariana having it out for him no, you mean like when he's talking to everybody about what could potentially be her motivation before this? Before like wondering. meeting with her, per- like because I think he talks about her to Ariana in this scene. She, he, but I guess my question is: Harry knows Bianca was Ariana's daughter. I don't know. That's granddaughter. That's where I'm going with this granddaughter. Sorry, yeah. Um, I'm trying to find the spot. Let's see. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy this. Blah, blah, blah. Taking my kid isn't impersonal. Um, such moral outrage, yet you are as guilty as I. Did you not slay Paolo's child, Bianca? Bianca was trying to kill me at the time. Maggie is an innocent. She couldn't possibly hurt you. I guess that is all that the only time that this comes up at all. Yeah. Yeah. And who's, pa- who's Paolo? Who is she talking Paolo, about? Paolo, Duke Paolo Ortega, her husband. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then there she says, his child. Yeah, I think like, um, they talk, when they say child, they mean blood child, not like. So wouldn't not, that make Bianca her daughter? Not like, I mean, um, child, I say blood child, but that's what child means. I mean, like, he turned her into a vampire. He's her sire kind of child. Oh. Oh. But that is considered as... So that would make her her grandsire because she sired Ortega and Ortega sired her. So that would make her her grandchild in that way. Exactly. If that's what she means. Okay, okay, okay. And the Red King turned her and that's why he's her father. Gotcha. Okay. So this is not actual familial bloodlines like Thomas and Lara. No, because they don't reproduce that way. The Red Court doesn't reproduce that way at all. Mm -mm. Okay, okay. As far as we know, like as far as I know, yeah. You have to to be bitten and turned. You can't be born one. Okay, okay, cool. All right, Um, okay. So it was like like you with the the, uh, Duke thing. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember the restaurant Duchess? I do not. Oh, man. Anybody listening who knows what I'm talking... Yeah, it was a chain. It was, like, real janky. It was sort of like... um, Oh, man. I just want to look it up now because I can picture the sign in my mind. And I was about to be like, it was like this. And then I was like, you know what? I don't know that it was like that because I was a child. Is it like a Sizzler? (laughs) I don't know. I've never been to a Sizzler. (laughs) I feel like Sizzler is just a part of my imagination. I in my heart feel like I have must have gone a million times, but I don't think I've ever actually been in a sizzler, but it just feels like something I remember, you know, <laughs> and, and I think that's a hundred percent from TVs and movies. I, as a kid and don't laugh, but as a kid, I thought that the restaurants called the sizzler had rides inside. Because when I was a kid at a cheap, <laughs> I told you not to laugh at me. 
at one of those, you know, those carnivals that just drive around and set up. I do. I do. They had a ride called the Sizzler. <laughs> and in my mind, no two things can be called the Sizzler. And each. What was the, what was the ride? It was like, you know, those things where it's like, oh, we'll put three cars at the end of five arms and they'll spin individually uh-huh. and then the whole thing will also yeah, spin. Right, right, right. And we'll just spin exactly. you until you die. I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, Duchess no was use. based in Connecticut. That's why it's not more well known. I didn't realize it was like a local chain. <laughs> oh my God. It's like Brahms. I don't know what that word is either. <laughs> I'm so sorry. This is the most boring revelation anyone has ever had. Is that also a Connecticut-based restaurant chain? Brahms is like Texas. This is, They are near us, and they have the most amazing uh. ice cream. It's so good. Um, the company is privately owned and operated. I thought it was dead. Apparently not. Anyway, they had banging grilled cheese. That was what I got as a kid. And like mm-hmm. fast food places did not really do grilled cheese. So I was always really excited about it, being able to go out to eat but get grilled cheese, which I felt like was kind of cheating. <laughs> As a kid, you could rely on me whenever we ate out to have like one of three different things, either chicken tenders, grilled cheese, fettuccine Alfredo, if we were somewhere nice, because I was as close to like macaroni and cheese as I was able to get. And uh, I really felt classy when it was fettuccine Alfredo. And I would often ask if I could get a Shirley Temple to go with it. I was just going to say, when I was a little kid, if we went somewhere for dinner, my mom would take me, especially like in Jersey, where diners are like, you know, a huge fucking cultural thing in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And I would get a Shirley Temple because I was very fancy and grown up (laughs) (laughs) with my little cherry. (laughs) And that you would get a napkin, a white square napkin under your drink, which you didn't get if you got like a fucking soda. Right. You know, if you got a spray, you didn't get in a little white napkin. <laughs> I love remembering the shit that made you think something was really fancy as a kid. Oh my God. The standards we had just were so arbitrary. I don't know where <laughs> we got them from. It had to be like we watched a cartoon where something just kind of caught our imagination. Mm-hmm. And then from then on, that was, a, you know, who knows? I just find that mom, so hilarious. She would let me sit at the counter, which would look like you were sitting at a bar. Oh, you know? yeah. But it was just the counter at the diner. But because they also served alcohol, there would be like a little bit of a bar behind it. But it wasn't like, you know, saddling up to your neighborhood die. <laughs> But I would sit at that little thing on those little round stools. <laughs> I love it. And it would be like the best mommy daughter fanciest hour ever. <laughs> oh, man. I'm thinking about like, uh, I think we talked about China Buffet on a mm-hmm. recent episode of something. Yes. <laughs> and that was another one. It was always kind of like, I had to wait to see the inside of it, though, because we didn't always go to the same ones. And some China buffets are really trying to play at being fancy, right? Yeah, some are. And so and I would do the, those, like, 
kind of Shirley Temple things there. But sometimes I would be like all psyched up to get one. And then once I got inside, I'd be like, oh, no, that's not something I should get here. That doesn't fall. (laughs) This doesn't fall under that heading. Very disappointing. (laughs) This is not going to be that kind of night. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) now that we've talked about fast food, because Duchess was mentioned, I have a very long attention span. Um, so, all right, backing up, we have to start at, uh, the meeting of that other vampire that kind of catches them all by surprise. Right. So, uh, when we left off, you know, you could, we couldn't tell if it was a whole horde on its way, you know, through the woods to our gang, Mm -hmm. or if it was just this little kind of one-off. And it appears to be that this was just... A bit of a one-off. Yeah. Uh, where he's just chasing his poor unsuspecting guy. And they handle... And they make such short work mm-hmm. <laughs> of this one vampire. Like, our, they're they're like a, a well-oiled machine. They're, they're like the A-team. Yep. They're just out in the middle of the jungle fucking... Uh, Making it happen. Yeah. Thomas takes the head off. Martin shoots it right in the throat so it'll shut the fuck up. Um, what does Harry do? Does he set him on fire? Or is that later? That might be later. <laughs> I don't remember now. Uh, let's see. Susan answered him with a curt gesture. Um, I'm trying to see where. Oh, yeah. Mouse rushed forward, caught the vampire by one That's calf. It. I forgot Mouse. That's, that's, that's who was fucking about it, about it right away. And, like, gets it from, like, just disappearing back into the woods. Because it was just going to, like, go right back. Yep. And uh, it's important that they do all this, like, as quietly as possible so they don't alert the whole fucking world that they're here. Mm-hmm. Even though it turns out to be sort of a moot point because, you know. Yeah. They were expected. Sucks. Uh, <laughs> so they take care of that. And then they realize that. Like, the whole valley is practically filled with record vampires. Mm-hmm. And there's really nothing to do but just go in. Yeah. Like, just go in head first. And there's a little bit of trickery at play. How it, so? It, you know, I, and I'll say this, I can't explain it, but I knew that was a fail. Oh, I oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that them charging like that with um, Murphy and Susan and Sonya going like just headfirst into a thousand fucking vampires. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that did not seem likely. But the way it's written, that's how it sounds. Right. And Harry pulls off this feat of earth magic. Yeah. That is fucking bonkers. Mm-hmm. Like he, first of all, it's so intense that it like creates its own gravitational pull. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Yep. He taps into a ley line, which are, which are all over the place. And then we had talked about that earlier in the book. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like, a, you know, so we knew that that's how this area was and why it was picked and why it's so powerful. So the Harry being able to tap into that and use it to his advantage 
It didn't I feel was, like a day you sex machina. It not not even a little bit, right? Like you're like, yeah, 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 this, this tracks. Right. But what he does with it, it has a nerve to be all modest at the beginning talking about it. I only know a couple of spells. <laughs> <laughs> but he I mean he whips up so much energy or whatever the fuck it is that it lifts everybody off the ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then slams the vampires back down so hard that it, he says it looks like a giant anvil just fell and squashed them all. Like I had a hard time even trying to visualize, you know, what this looked like. Mm -hmm. Um, Same. But, but it's very cartoonish in my brain. (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> you know it's very like wildy coyote like for real though because i don't have a lot of other things to pull from <laughs> i have this weird like like the benny hill thing going on where they're all coming at them like it, it like fast forwarded a little so they're like weirdly janky and then they just all fly into the air <laughs> but it is it is like <laughs> <laughs> But it is a spectacular show of of power mm-hmm. from one Harry Dresden, and I um I know that he I guess all right. Let me rephrase that sentence. I am curious how much, if any, does being the Winter Knight lend itself to this feat. Oh, right. interesting. I mean, question. because I mean, this is ma- magic that Harry could pull off on his own, I believe. Right? right. So it's not that he necessarily needs to be the winter knight to do the spell, but I'm wondering how does that influence it if it does at all? Mm. Like, does that give him like extra power to be able to do something like this? Did it like ramp up the spell? Interesting. Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but whatever you know, like, is he? Like, is he dozing? You know? Like, <laughs> like yeah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because, yeah, we we don't know yet what it what it means for him to be the winter night. You know, we've got, yeah. we've seen, like, little sprinkles of, of ice magic, I guess. And there's a, a moment where he uh, displays that later on. Um, and, and Leah is like, ooh, look at you go. Fire and ice. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I forgot about her doing that. <laughs> Leah just gets horny oh off of she violence. She does. She gets she's so excited just... when that priestess shows up and like presents oh herself for sacrifice. And Harry has to be like, uh, Leah's like, oh yeah, let's get it. <laughs> Harry oh is God. like, no, ma'am. <laughs> She has this reaction. When I interviewed for the job at the building that I met you, I interviewed and then sent a thank you email afterward, which apparently was a big factor in them like giving me the job because it's so rare to, for people to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And her reaction to this is like, oh, how thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever is this courteous you know? anymore. And it just really made me right? feel like She's that. Like, so polite. And then she's all sad. Like, it's been forever since I got to sacrifice a virgin priestess. Like, come on. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I just picture her like pouting and like kicking a tuft you of grass. You know she's mad. Yep. Um, Fine. So, uh, so yeah. So, but that the, so the priestess comes after Harry smushes everybody. He uh <laughs> he he uh. Oh my god! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, so he said that. Uh, so. He challenges Ariana. He calls her out. Uh, Leah is doing that fucking thing that, um, God, what was his name in Harry Potter books does at the, for the Quidditch World Cup where he like makes his voice. Like, oh, Sonorous. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's true. That is the same thing. And uh, he starts basically uh, telling Ariana she needs to come outside and see him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's making it like hard for her to ignore. And he's also low key talking to the red King because Mm -hmm. at some point, Harry has put together that what is happening here with the red court is, um, maybe some internal strife that he doesn't really know all the details about just yet, but he has a hunch. Mm -hmm. And, then that's when the priestess and the two dudes show up, right? Yeah, I believe after, so. After, like, he talks some shit for a couple minutes, <laughs> all loud. Eventually, like, the Red King sends out this little, like, uh, emissary. Is that a word? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and so she's here uh, to do whatever Harry decides he wants to do with her. Yeah. Kill her, ravage her, whatever. She's gay. Yep. <laughs> I I will say that, that this moment did drop Sonya, in my opinion, a drop. Oh my god. Wait, 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 what do you mean? Because the only thing I remember Sonya is being like, after she takes her clothes off, Sonya's like, I fucking love this job. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. She gets, it's after she gets up and gets dressed. But yeah, she says, I, he, he says, I love this job. And then Thomas is like, Man, I really could get into this. Maybe I should start. And and fucking Murphy just says men are pigs, oh, and Molly right. says amen. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Um, <laughs> this reminds me of like that. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to talk about it because it's spoilers. Yeah. But I just co- I'm covering Killing Eve, and there's an episode that I came across. And uh, there was things about this that reminded me of that, and that is all I will say. So, uh, after um, after she gets dressed... Oh, Harry has a feeling about the two, about the three of them when they show up, even though it turns out that the priestess is mortal, he says. But when they first show up, Harry says they, they feel like uh, Martin and Susan. Oh and yeah, he, I forgot about he, the way he yeah, says that. Yeah, he's thinking that maybe these these uh warriors are I don't want to call them half like half I hate to say half breed, but you know, uh mm-hmm. not fully turned vampires just yet. And right. that the big horde that Harry smushed weren't even of any consequence. That they call the blood slaves, I think is what they called them. Mm-hmm. These are mm-hmm. just like mindless have given over to bloodlust. They're nothing more than uh, cannon fodder, you know. Right. They uh, can't even produce flesh masks yeah, to look human anymore. Yeah, they're just, anymore. you know. So, 
even though it was super impressive how Harry dealt with them and it was a good show of force and power on his part, the damage that he's done to the Red King is like minimal. Right. <laughs> so yep. uh the Red King sends the priestess and the dudes down to escort Harry and them t- to his quarters atop right. this ancient pyramid. Y'all, this pyramid has got... Did you look this up? No, what do you mean? Chichen Itza is a real place. Oh, is it? Yeah, I'll send you a link, but continue, please. Um, I In my mind's eye, I just pictured, like, when people go to, uh, you know, you see those pictures of, like, the pyramids in Central America... Mm-hmm. Um, or in Mexico, I just kind of pictured that, but I didn't think I didn't look up to see this place specifically. That's cool. Yeah. Um, also, there's one particular spot where he talks about the um, the pillars, and it's wild looking. So that's what I'm specifically looking oh. for a photo of. Here we go. Um, oh. he says that their dress, kind of the way Susan was dressed too. So I guess that's mm-hmm. you know was a good call on Leah's part. Uh, this whole pyramid has got guards, for lack of a better word. Yeah, on, pretty much. On each level, but each level is a different, you guys have to forgive me, level of vampire. <laughs> right? Like, on the lower levels, there's uh, one kind, and then as each level goes up, like the higher up in the hierarchy you go... Mm-hmm. And they're like heavily tattooed and armed on the lower levels. And then as you get higher and higher, they're like less tattoos and more gold. Which <laughs> so I thought was a really funny detail. That makes because sense. Because I was like, oh, that's just like real life. <laughs> Until you get to the very, very top. And then there's also this... um the, what do they call it? Not the Last Order. Is that fucking Star Wars? The Lost Order? <laughs> the Lost Order of the Night? What are they called? Oh, I do not remember this. But you know what I'm talking about, though, right? Mm-hmm. They're like the old, I guess, the the ancient vampires. that They're like almost gods, but not quite. Oh, the Lords of Outer Night? Is oh, that what you're talking what about? Talking about? I was all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I didn't even put sorry. together what you were trying to say. Jesus, well, My I bad. don't blame you. I didn't give you a lot to work with. <laughs> did you uh, Did you see the link I sent on Skype? Uh, to the no, let me. And this isn't to the like main pyramid. This picture, but it's um the area with the, all of the pillars. Mm. Holy moly! Holy shit! That is... it's wild, right? Look at that! Wow. So that's not the main pyramid. That one, if you search for Chichen Itza, that main pyramid will be the one that shows up. I'll send you a photo of that, too. Wow, that's crazy. Really cool looking. Yeah, guys, look it up if you haven't already. This is really, really cool. So now I'm just picturing them, like, making their way up. Mm -hmm. Um, And eventually, at the very, very top, there is the Red King. Right. And he is not as impressive immediately as harry expected him to be correct but then it turned he has his back to harry initially as well and harry thinks you know a couple of a couple of fucking short jokes why not you know (laughs) ha 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 ha. (laughs) he's like five three 
But then that motherfucker turns around. And y'all, mm-hmm. big dick energy. <laughs> Fuck. That is exactly true, though. I don't know how else you would describe it. He, Harry says something about his eyes that he couldn't even look at him because it felt like he might get sucked into the void. Mm. Like, mm-mm. Yeah. No, thank you. And when he, like, breaks eye contact, the king snorts mm-hmm. to himself because he's probably just so used to this sort of reaction. He's just like, yeah, you little bitch. You know? And it's funny coming from Harry as a wizard, you know, having probably experienced people breaking the gaze with him. You know, mm, and probably yeah. thinking to himself, you know, hmm, bitch couldn't take it, huh? And now <laughs> here he is. Um, I think Harry tends to break his gaze because he doesn't want to fall into a soul gaze with people. Well, yeah, that's true. Too. That are really <laughs> terrible and see that shit. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, this guy is really, really scary. Mm-hmm. And even before we find out that he's like kind of gone a little off the rails because he has a bloodlust that's not really controlled well, which is, you know, for his position, that kind of control is paramount. You know, you can't, Mm -hmm. if you, if people are aware that you can't control this, then it's a weakness. You know, you're not going to be king much longer. But even before we find out about that, you could, in my opinion, you can tell immediately that this is not somebody you want to fuck with, and that this dude mm-hmm. seems wildly unhinged. Yeah, in my opinion. Yep. <laughs> um, but Harry tries to like be a man about the whole thing, and not like let everybody know that he's shaking in his boots, which I think he says at one point he is. Like he couldn't literally con- shaking. He could not yeah. control it. Oh, God, Harry. Um, And, but this is Harry also being, like, so smart and observant and able to put things together on the fly. Because after just a few minutes of observing the Red King, you know, he peeps the whole, uh, oh, he's got this woman tied up on this, like, altar, you guys, by the way, uh, that he was about to murder when Harry walks in. Mm-hmm. And even though Harry is not here to save this bitch, he is Harry Dresden. <laughs> so yep. he kind of like announces himself and interrupts what looked like was about to be the killing. Right. Uh, but he only buys her a couple of minutes because Harry starts pissing him off. Oh, my God. I and he turns so around and stabs this woman in her eye. And I feel like that's 100% Harry Dresden's fault. <laughs> I mean, he was gonna either way. Yeah, but maybe not in the eye. <laughs> Honestly, that's more merciful than what he might have done. Yeah. I don't know. It's the brain, right? Won't that be like a death that you like barely even feel because your brain's all fucked up? Uh, well, she seemed like she died pretty quickly. There was, yeah. there was some twitching that happened afterwards, Harry mentions, though. He drags his finger through her eye socket and licks it. And I was just like, I know that this man drinks blood and this should not specifically be so much more horrifying, but it really is so much more horrifying. It's so rude. (laughs) In her eyeball, though. Mm -mm. Y'all, there's no need for this. It's just, you know, it is, um, I agree, particularly gruesome. You know. This is like when a guy comes in your hair. 
Yo. And you're just like, man, I had my whole naked ass body right? out. But no, you had to you get in my hair. I mean, really? My face is right here. Yep. <laughs> Titties out. What do you want? I don't know what to do. <laughs> I might have been too much for this podcast. <laughs> this is not behind a paywall. <laughs> Oh, you know what? People could guess. People know. A couple of freaks. Holy shit. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway. So, <laughs> so uh, the the rest of the gang is like, they're not in the room with Harry and the Red King. They have to like stay on the, like sort of the outside. Mm-hmm. So, Harry is in here talking really, really reckless, I think, you know, mm-hmm. to be staring down this, this king who is, I think I already mentioned, clearly not well. Yeah. And he's being, I think, Harry is being a little pushy. Yeah. You know, and we are lucky that this guy just didn't murder him because, you know, he was tired and irritated. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, um, I think the the simmering anger as Harry can hear his daughter crying. Mm-hmm. He can't see her mm-hmm. initially, but he knows she's there and that begins to really ramp it up for him. And... This dude is using this translator. Oh my god, I forgot about that part. It's this our priestess friend. <laughs> Harry's purposely saying radical, wicked cool. <laughs> shit that she can't translate. And she's given him a look. Like she knows what the fuck he's doing. And she has to translate it as best she can and be like he's doing this shit on purpose. <laughs> and then when he starts being real froggy about it. She does not want to relay these messages because she does not want to be murdered. And mm-hmm. Harry imag- well, he, Harry says he can tell that the Red King is getting irritated uh, with her. What he imagines is her constant being like, you know, I don't want to wa- say this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so- <laughs> Shut up, you stupid slave, and tell me what he said before I break off my foot in your ass. Oh, maybe, or something maybe like that. Maybe not that last part. <laughs> So, Harry basically is telling him, uh, I can take care of Ariana for you, mm-hmm. right? Um, let me do that. I can get to take the little girl home and mm-hmm. me and you have no beef, which right. is, y'all still got beef. Y'all got a whole ass war that you're fighting right now between the Red Court and the White Council, but it, but I get what Harry's point is. Like, it's not going to be personal between me and you. And he also wants this guy to stay in power because he's realizing that this dude is causing right. so much, like, that's why the Red Court's been so erratic, inconsistent, mm-hmm. and yeah, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, well, this guy is sort of our, right. our golden goose. Yeah. If we can keep him there, it's going to be all a mess. Because if uh, Ariana gets in, in charge and she unites everything and, and it's sane, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
they make the deal. Yep. Harry demands to be able to see the little girl, you know, before any of this happens. And he gets to go behind the altar and see where they have her handcuffed. And uh, she is, like, crouching because the blood from the poor woman on the altar has, like, spilled down to where she is. And yeah. she's just trying to, like, scrunch into the corner, like, away from it as much as she can. And it's just, like, you... I was reading this, and I thought that when he saw her, he was just going to, like, explode. Yeah. I thought he would see her, and he would be so furious that he would just fucking go nuts. And and the whole plan was going to go to shit. Like, I really thought that's what was going to happen. Hmm. Um... I was so surprised that he was able to control himself. I honestly, honestly didn't think he could. Harry, do you hear her? Do you hear them? This is something that you need to look at, buddy. She is shocked you were able to control yourself. Keep in mind, that was her reaction here. Wow. He didn't flip the fuck out and just burn down the building. I mean, amazing. You know, I mean, it is low key what he is famous for. <laughs> yep, Flip, it is. Flipping out and burning down buildings. Yep. Uh, so, uh, but that does not happen. And um, they go outside to um, have, like, the duel. Yeah. <laughs> but before that, he has Bob in his pocket. I got up. I got a Bob. <laughs> He's wrapped up in this fucking Rolling Stone t-shirt tied to his belt. Which, when he mentioned it earlier, like, it stuck out for a second, but I didn't think about it too much. Yeah, you don't really have time to process mm-hmm. it or wonder about it. Uh, and um, Bob explains what's going on with the... Uh, with the spell. Right. And uh, he uses this um, crossbow kind of metaphor, which I thought worked really well. And Harry wants to know, well, what, what happens if you switch it? Right? Like, if, right. if, if Maggie is the, the bow that's going to be shot out to do the damage, what if it's not her? Yeah. And uh, Bob is like, well, then it's somebody else that goes and kills a whole other bloodline. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, you know, that's not great. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, because Harry's like, why did they leave me alone with this, like, primed weapon? Mm-hmm. And Bob is like, because you could literally only kill yourself or her, <laughs> either of which is accomplishing the same shit. So what do they care? And uh, there's a, a... It's like stealing, a, like, a, a train that's on a track. And just like... <laughs> Well, how do they leave me with this? Because you can literally only go to the next station, dude. What are they? What are you gonna do? <laughs> um. So then, there's some talk about like whether or not you can disarm the spell at this point, and Bob is like, "No, everything will just like fucking blow up." So mm-hmm. that's not an option either. And we find out Larry asked a very good question about uh, what will happen to Thomas. And Bob says, well, it will destroy his human half. Right. Um, so it'll fuck him up, but it won't really do anything to the rest of the red court. I mean, the white court. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it looks as though there's not really anything for Harry to do, but 
like have the fight with Ariana. Like that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, I'm trying to think of what else. I think the rest of the chapter is just them sort of talking about you know what's going to happen for this um, this duel with Ariana when he's talking to the rest of the group when they get back together. Yeah, Thomas does not hold good odds that they are keeping their word and he wins the thing and they just hand Maggie yeah. over and they get to walk yeah. out of here. Uh, yeah. Thomas, he says, I know them. None of us are leaving this place yeah. alive. I feel like I I kind of agree with Thomas in the sense that no one is holding their end of the bargain. I mean, I don't believe that they're all going to die here, but I believe that they're not going to just be allowed to waltz on out. Mm. Um, and I. F- so, what do you think that would look well, like? See, that's the thing. Like, I imagine. All right, so say okay, him and Ariana fight. Harry, some Harry wins. He goes to try to get his daughter. They try some funny business, and then Harry has to like flip out and burn the whole house to the ground. I feel like eventually Harry does lose his shit and tries to burn everything to the ground. I'm just not sure when exactly that happens. <laughs> and I wonder if I was thinking if there is a way that somehow Harry can sacrifice himself in order to save Maggie. He would do that. But my like if if this is get, this is where it gets complicated because I am not sure I fully understand like the sacrifice of Maggie is twofold right it's right. It, there are two two objectives the one is like the icing on the cake that sends her out to like ruin Harry's bloodline. But that, but the other part is this, like, power surge or whatever, right? Like, okay, yeah. that's, like, the most important part of the ritual, if I ever remember correctly. Do I have that right? I'm trying to find the spot where Bob explains, because I don't remember that part. Let's see. Um, do, do, do a giant pair of cartoon lips. So in this, uh, in this. In these chapters, he only explains how, like, how the death curse, not death mm-hmm. curse, but the bloodline curse, bloodline curse works. But I thought, I thought the other point of them having this ceremony at this place at this time was about gaining power. From, I forget what. God damn it. (laughs) Yeah, I do not recall. And by the way, I should mention Brendan Hone, who has been very helpful in, like, answering questions and whatnot, uh, sent in some information that I want to talk about a little bit later on in the episode. Is there anything in there about the ritual? Um, Not specifically, but he can answer it for next episode if he has further information on that. Okay. So, well... What I was making my way to was, if I remember correctly about there being sort of a dual purpose in this in this ritual thing, 
if one of them is about hurting Harry Dresden, which is sort of like the bonus, and then the other one is about amassing power, if there is a way Harry can sacrifice himself so that they get what they want as far as a, a sacrifice for the ritual so that they can get this power and it somehow saves Maggie, I could see him doing that. Hmm. Um, because otherwise I don't know. I don't know if there is a, a way for him to save her. Like, the Red King is like, you kill Ariana, you could take the girl and go home. But I, mm-hmm. I don't believe that because if like because I'm I'm thinking that it wasn't just about killing the little girl for the bloodline. It was something else that was happening as well. And mm-hmm. they're not just gonna let her walk away unless there's someone to take her place. And I mean when he talks to Ariana and she says, Oh, you still think this is about you? Mm-hmm. I mean Whatever he doesn't know what it's he still doesn't know. She says die confused. Yeah, I like that line a lot too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, he might think that he knows, oh, if I can still get them what they want. He doesn't even know what they want. He doesn't know what this is even about. That's yeah, true. Um I wish I could remember what the fuck it was about the thing, but so there's also uh when when Thomas says we're not gonna make it out of here alive uh, Martin is like, uh, is it Martin that says it too? Martin says what? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just reading. Idiot says what? <laughs> uh, sorry. when they're talking about, you know, whether or not they can get out of this and whether they're going to hold their end of the deal. And Thomas is like, um, oh, I'm sorry. It's not Thomas. It's Martin. Martin is the one that says, I know them. None of us are leaving. Mm-hmm. So that's when Mar- Murphy says, uh, basically, y'all don't know Harry Dresden like I do. Right. We're going to go fuck some shit up. <laughs> or we're going to go watch Harry fuck some shit up is more accurate. I'm trying to find the spot where they be- like are pre-duel uh, when he starts talking to Ariana. Oh my god, she wore a simple buckskin shift and more gold jewelry than a Mr. T look-alike convention. <sighs> Sir. Now is not the time, Butcher. <laughs> Don't do this. Yeah, he's the way he's describing her, because at first he's not sure if it's her, but then uh, he realizes that, you know, even though she looks a little bit different, uh, you know, she her, her complexion is much darker uh, she's she's somehow six inches shorter, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then the- oh, it's Sonya. Mark my words, this will not be settled in a dueling circle. Things like this always go to hell. Is that who you were thinking of? Doubling down in addition to Thomas? No, no. Um, it's Martin. Oh, okay. After, I thought there was another. No, one. after Sonya says, "Mark my words," then um. Harry's like, the chords are serious, he'll play it straight. And then Martin is like, nope. And Harry's like, what do you mean, no? Oh, yeah, I thought it was Thomas that said that. That's funny. Okay, yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right. My B. <laughs> so uh, they are making their way over to where the fight's supposed to be. And it's in this fucking giant gladiator-style fucking stadium. Because, of course, it is. Mm-hmm. 
uh, boy, Ancient Empires love those fucking games, don't they? They do. We though. never changed them. Now we still have those fucking things. We still do it. I mean, pretty much. I mean, yeah, listen, you guys. I don't watch the sports ball, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> my husband likes baseball, so I've been seeing like a couple of games flashing around. And have you seen what they are doing? I don't know what every stadium is doing, but our stadium has. If you donate to a charity, you can get your face or like a cardboard cutout in the stands. <laughs> so our fucking baseball oh field, God. it's filled with like these. That is so creepy. It's the weird. I hate it. I hate And they like pipe in fake crowd noise. Oh my God. It is so fucking bizarre it is so bizarre but that's how much we love our gladiator sports to this day (laughs) (laughs) i i i can't believe (laughs) yeah it's something else it's 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 some some places are doing like uh projecting your face like from a live video feed projecting it i saw a clip of a lakers game i think or some basketball game and it was like little wayne was sitting in the audience but he really wasn't it was just somehow like i i don't know girl i don't know <laughs> it, I, they weren't holograms. when do we just call it a fucking day we don't ever <laughs> guys <laughs> ladies and gentlemen <laughs> I implore, I implore you. you. <laughs> I really thought that we all had the same standards. We, we don't we at do all. Not. We do not. God damn. Yeah. Just let it die. Nope. Just let it just not be. Nope. It's fine. We'll be fine. Nope. Eventually. <laughs> Christ's yeah. sake. It is. It is. Uh. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. So when they finally are like facing off, uh, you're right. There's like a, you know, it's clear that Harry, Harry wants to know. Like he asked Ariana, just tell me why. Just you know, just it's just me and you here. <laughs> just <Anyway>. curious. <laughs> Yeah, and he, and she just says, "Does it matter?" Yeah, which I hate that response. <laughs> so many bad guys say that. Well, what does it really matter in the end? <laughs> it matters. Shut up! I need to know your motivations for yeah. things. He's like, well, it doesn't really matter. I'm just curious. Like, first of all, you're a lying sack of lies. Uh, uh and because uh, he wants to know, like, why did you, why'd you bring Maggie into any of this? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I know that Uriel said that Maggie really was his daughter. And right, yes. And I feel like that's supposed to be off the table now. But when she says, you don't know, for a second, I was like, oh, what if she's not his kid? What if it's something else entirely, something completely different going on here? Like what? I don't know. 
<laughs> and and then I made myself stop thinking about it because Uriel said it was his daughter. And I don't think that the book would just... That's a pretty big fuck you if it turns out to be like, oh, I, that, yeah, that didn't really, wasn't true. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, why? <laughs> why would you do that? <laughs> Oh my god, the way that you said that. I would <laughs> Good God. I mean, like why though, you know, like to to bring the character in expressly to say definitively, no, this is your daughter. And then to turn around and for it not to be his daughter, I would be pretty irritated. But I would be lying if I said for a second the way Ariana's like, you don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. My brain was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm I am wondering, like, what else could be happening here? What else could be going on that mm-hmm. we just haven't thought about? Me and Harry, we just haven't thought about yet. And um, <laughs> I don't, I mean, it I don't know. Like, if Bianca turned Susan, right? If Bianca turned, yeah, I guess, well. Or was it one of her minions? I don't know that we know for sure. She got like, I will remind you all, Thomas kicked her into a crowd of vampires. So I'm not sure we know exactly who it was. Okay. All right, so but that was nevertheless that was going to be like a real long shot. I was thinking like if she's one of Bianca's air quotes children, then in some way that she would have meaning to Ariana. But oh, but, but then also like I see what you mean. I didn't understand what you meant at first, but now I get yeah, you. Yeah, but I that you know. But then what does that do for me? Like, so say that is the case. I Susan's not fully turned vampire yet so why would ariana even fucking care yeah susan's been actively working you know? against the red court this whole time i don't feel like there's any love loss there. so uh i'm trying to think like other reasons for them to snatch maggie if in fact is she's not dresden's daughter right mm. why else would they take her I guess she could be someone else's daughter that's important that we just don't know about. Maybe it's not Sue. But no, because Uriel said it was his daughter. So I shouldn't even be spinning down this nonsense lane. What am Probably I not. What am I doing? I'm wasting my time is what I'm doing. You're grasping at straws. I don't know. I don't like. She's talking about die confused. I'm going to go to bed confused. Because after this recording, <laughs> I'm going to bed and I don't know what the fuck is happening. <laughs> Die confused is so mean, too, for somebody like me. Like, I need closure. I need to know mm-hmm. what the fuck is happening. And f- to just be like, oh, I'm going to take glee in the fact that you are going to die without, like, <laughs> to bring up Killing Eve again. You and I have talked about this before. But there's a scene in which he is about to assassinate this guy. And he asks, why are you killing me? And she looks at him and says, I have absolutely no idea. Mm-hmm. And then shoots him. And... You were in the crowd, uh, the the chat for that, and you just wrote something like, "That is so disrespectful," <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly like you're dying and you have no idea what the mm-hmm. fuck caused any of nope. you know mm-hmm. dislike. I uh, 
I think I like Die Confused better than even than Die Mad About It. <laughs> I think I feel like Die Confused is way worse. <laughs> yep, I like it. Um, so yeah, I don't fucking. I'm reading the thing with Bob. Because, you know, his, like, description of the thing. And, yeah, uh, the the girl's human. So, apparently, like, the fact that she's human factors into the effect that it would have on Thomas, specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, he says, so only his human bits would be affected, his body, his mind. I suppose if he got lucky, he might wind up a vegetable in which his hunger demon was trapped. But it won't spread any farther into the white court than that. Mm-hmm. Um, to which Harry says, damn it. Because I think Harry was like, well, maybe there's a silver lining here where if Maggie got killed, it would also like eat into the white court. Right. Or something. But yeah, it does not look like that is how that would work. Apparently, because Maggie is human. Um, and this is when What's-Her-Face comes back. Uh, my Lord wishes you to know that he gives his word that your daughter will be spared from any harm until the duel is concluded. And he takes another look at Maggie huddle, huddled up. Um, and he did, he says specifically that he didn't touch her because he didn't think he would be able to handle seeing her recoil from him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, that was hard to read. Yeah. Um, I was trying to find the thing I was talking about, about what, what the plan is for the ritual there, but I can't, I can't remember where that came up. I feel like that was when they, uh, broke into that one facility. Uh, oh, when they go, th- when they were looking at the gear at first. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. Um, and they find, they find all, yeah, but I can't, um. Uh, it's all right. Yeah. Brennan will come at us if there's more information on that. Um, should I talk about some of the things yeah. that he emailed about this yeah, time? Go right because ahead. there were a couple things that we like sort of voiced uh, uncertainties about. So he says, demons. Harry referred to Lashiel as a demon, even though she was a fallen angel. Because we were talking about how the Lenanchi calls mouse a demon. Mm-hmm. And Brendan says, I think demons is a bit more of a catch-all term in the Dresden verse and has less of a specifically negative connotation. Oh, that's what I said. <laughs> um, and then he talks about uh, the fellowship and the whole idea of like the Lord of the Rings and who was who. Mm. And it says... He says, I always assumed that Susan was Frodo, which made Harry Sam because he was helping her. Oh. But he says he thinks that the main takeaway was supposed to be Harry being afraid that he's Gollum and the rest is just kind of for fun. Yeah. Mm. Um, And then he says the crystal pyramids were in the never never on the other side of the of the real pyramids in Giza. So throughout the trip, they alternate between real world places and the never, never baseball field on earth goes to backward flowing river and never, never goes to Giza on earth, goes to pyramid crystal pyramids and never, never goes to Machu Picchu on earth, goes to underwater and the never, never goes to Mexico on earth. Oh, okay. So that's where they were. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Cool. And then 
the earth magic that gets mentioned here. And Harry says something about how he used it once before on a smaller scale. And that was in the It's My Birthday 2 short story in the mall where that kid gets turned and then comes to terrorize his LARPing group. Uh, Do you remember that? <laughs> um, and yeah, he Harry uses the uh, he forgets about the second floor of the mall, which causes it to be more dangerous than he intended when he begins to use it. I forgot all about that. Um, and then let's see. Fire and ice magic together. Harry has used fire magic to make ice two other times in the series. Um, first in book eight, proving guilty when he shoots fire into the sky to freeze water on the road to make the scarecrow slip, when, which is chasing Harry and company in a van. The second time is in White Knight when they are on the water beetle trying to escape the ghouls who ambushed them. And Harry shoots fire into the sky to freeze a bridge of ice from the boat to another dock. Oh, I don't remember uh, that. Which I don't remember that yeah, part, I don't remember but that yeah. Um, oh, and I forgot that when the, the Harry says something about the Red King, like when he, they're doing that translation thing and he's making his threats. And the Red King is very like unconvinced that Harry would be able to do any real damage. And Harry's like, oh, I wouldn't do something to try and kill you. I would cripple you. Right, yeah. Because I'm sure all of these people would be so compassionate once they realized that you had been disabled in some way. (laughs) Um, And I like, too, that when Harry meets the Red King for the first time, he mentions how the White Court is aware that Red Court vampires had been worshipped as gods, but he thinks that the act of worshipping them has actually caused them to change into something more like a god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's really interesting. This is a result. Yeah. yeah that's a very interesting... Which I like, because it's kind of the inverse of the idea that we hear all the time about how once a, once you stop worshipping a god, it loses its power. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I really like the idea that, oh, if you worship just right, you can... <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. That, that energy that people are giving towards you will have an actual impact and an effect. Um, I like that. I like that idea a lot. Not for not for real life. But <laughs> right. Oh, God. Yeah. Don't even fucking yeah, play. Though, don't put that out there at yeah, all. Thank you. Though we kind of like low-key do that anyway in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You know, get, mm-hmm. Give power to things. But uh, But yeah, I thought that was a really neat idea. Um, I've been covering this book for Spoil Me, this series called The Dandelion Dynasty, which I highly recommend to those of you who are into high fantasy, but are a little bit sick of like Eurocentric high fantasy, because this is very much more Asian inspired and it's so intricate and it's really beautifully done. Um, But there is, there are these occasional like interludes of the gods talking in that book. And at first I was kind of like, I don't really get the reason for this. And then as the books go on, uh, there are, there is a new like people that appears and those people, because they have like migrated, get introduced to these gods and begin to combine the idea of these new gods with some of the old gods that they had used to worship in their old land. And 
when you go into the God's perspective in those chapters after that, the gods are literally changing without being able to control it due to the changes in the way they are being worshipped and the new names they are being called and the way they're being combined with other gods. Mm. And it's a really like wild idea of the, yeah, these gods have a lot of power, but if human beings decide to completely change the way they are talked about and the way they're worshipped, things happen to them too that they can't stop and control. And I don't know. I just like the idea of the worship being just as powerful. What uh, what series is this? Um, the Dandelion Dynasty. Mm. Super, super good. Third book is coming out in like, I think, February, and I'm absolutely dying. I'm so mad that it's not out already, and I can just start it. Nice. Also, a very, very female-driven series. Like, it's written by a man, but he knows how to write women in a way that I wish Butcher could get hip to. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, not that like, it's not like Butcher doesn't have any good female characters, but it's just a lot. There's a lot more pitfalls with him. So anyway, <laughs> um, so what do you think is going to happen? Uh, big fight. <laughs> That's pretty much all I'm sure about. All right, good. Uh, yes. Yeah, I don't, I mean. What about short term with this uh, duel? That's what I'm talking about. That's the big fight. <laughs> oh, oh. Gotcha. Um, so, if the, if the duel happens, right, the way it's set up, like, like I'm expecting to turn the page and we're going to be fighting. But that does not necessarily have to be what happens, you know. I could turn the page and, you know, some other character from somewhere could swoop in and, you know, suddenly it's an entirely different stage. Um, you know, the the last chapters ended with them with a very, seemingly very good, solid plan. And at the very last minute, some guy, some random guy came shrieking out through the woods and changed the whole fucking thing. So, you know, I don't... You made him sound so hysterical. <laughs> well, I mean, he wasn't wrong. I mean, he was being chased by a vampire, so it's okay to, yeah. to be kind of excited. But still, <laughs> it wasn't... You know what I mean? So, like... This gentleman is awfully excitable. <laughs> It's only a vampire. Right? So, like, I I can have expectations about when I, ch when I turn the page of what I'm going to get next, but I really have... It could be any fucking thing. You know, mm -hmm. Mab could show up because she's ready for Harry to be the winner night, and she's fucking tired of all these shenanigans getting in the way. You know, she could just decide to show up and, you know, make... You just... Who knows what she'll do? <laughs> Just because she's fucking irritated that it's been like a whole two days and she still doesn't have Harry Knight, Harry Dresden, you know. She doesn't Harry have a Harry Knight. You know, so I don't fucking know, guys. I don't know. But say it really is just a duel. Harry beats Ariana. And then the Red King goes back on his word and does not release Maggie. And then maybe there's like a real legit fucking free for all, which, um, you know, it doesn't look great for our people, 
Though they have some pretty no. serious p- power behind them with the three swords and with uh, Leah being there, too. I mean, she's no slouch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's still, the odds are stacked. Yeah. So, I don't know. But I know we only have a, f- a little bit left. And he always wraps these books up in a way that I just never see coming. I never think he has enough time left to tell as much stories. It feels like it's left. Mm. So, and I, and I've noticed too, that the books are now the last few are not wrapping up as neatly as the other ones did. Right. So I don't expect to have a ton of answers at the end of this book. I expect maybe a resolution to this very specific crisis of either saving or not being able to save Maggie but mm-hmm. we could end this book without me really even understanding what was all happening here. You mm. know? You know what I mean? Like, say he, could, yeah. say he kills Ariana. The Red King is happy about that. There's no reason for the Red King to tell, spill all his beans to Harry. Who the fuck is Harry? You know <laughs> what I mean? So, like, he could legit not know. We could end this book and not know exactly what all was supposed to be happening. And why it was mm. all happening. That shit might just go on to the next book. Ugh. I just got, you don't sound like you would like that. I just got so tired thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, all right. Well, before we wrap up, I just want to let everybody know. Um, this just happened literally while I was recording with Rashawn. And we had to pause. But... Um, Owen's grandmother passed away, not the grandmother that raised him that lives here in Texas, but in Tennessee. And they're having a funeral this week really quickly because due to COVID, embalming costs a lot more than it normally does. And so they had to speed up when they could have the funeral in order to avoid having to embalm her. And thus, he found out that the funeral is tomorrow, today. And they are eight hours away and Owen really wants to be there um, because he doesn't get to see that family a lot anyway. And he still has his grandfather left and would like to see him at least once before he passes away as well. So this is kind of um, an unexpected thing. And that means that there is going to be a lot of confusion coming up this week for me in terms of... um, at my editing and recording times and posting and everything. So I ask that those of you who are waiting with breath that is baited for episodes to go up exactly on time, wondering where it is, apologies if things are messed up, if things are taking longer, if they don't go up when they are supposed to, I am doing my best. But uh, just have some, give me some room because I do try to push it so that I don't wind up missing anything a lot of the time. I don't think that's going to be possible this time. (laughs) I do try to like just completely reschedule and make it so that, you know, nothing gets missed. And I just don't think that will be possible. Yeah, no, there's, I mean, so yeah, no, his grandma died. Mm -hmm. People will be fine. (laughs) Yeah. So I just want to let you all know what's going on there. I'm going to have to push back spoil me episodes. Like there's just going to be a lot of stuff getting rescheduled and shuffled around. I had a, um, a on schedule, a 
recording live with Krista to talk about peace talks. And I am going to have to reschedule that, which I thought I would be able to get away with that one, but I can't. However, the good news on that is I scheduled that and was prepared to record it before I even got to do another Harry Dresden episode, which means that there wasn't going to be any time for me to mention it on the show that that was coming up. And now I can tell you guys that it's going to be rescheduled and likely I'll just be putting it on the next Saturday, which um, will be Saturday the 15th or perhaps the 22nd. If you're curious about that, if you would like to come to a live recording, um, Krista is a Dresden reader, like she's spoiled on everything. So we'll be talking mad spoilers in that chat. Mm-hmm. Rashawn is not allowed to go, even though she RSVP'd <laughs> to it. Yeah, I damn sure did. <laughs> she sent me no invitations. <laughs> um, but that, if you were are interested in that, keep an eye on the Facebook page or the Twitter, facebook.com slash unspoiled pod, Twitter at unspoiled show. Um, you can pre-register for it. And if, you know, I reschedule it, you'll get an email that it's been rescheduled. And all of that information is like self-contained if you join Crowdcast. So it's nice and easy. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to let everybody know about all of that because it's just, you know, going to be a little bit confused coming up. So, um, all right. Is there anything else you want to mention? Uh, no, ma'am. Just excited for the next couple chapters to see what the fuck is going on. Same. So actually this, that brings me to, um, we have five chapters left. So the next, next week we'll do three. The week after we're just going to do one and a half. Okay. Okay. And I'll tell you where to stop within chapter 49. Oh, okay. I'll give you like the sentence where you must stop. And I will live read the last like portion of that chapter because there's a bit of like a transition there. Mm. And because uh, I really there, I, I wanted to live read you two different things that happen. I'm going to have to sacrifice the live read on one of them. <laughs> and I think that's for the best. But the the actual ending of the book, I think, is a good way to like, you know, say goodbye to this one. And then we there are some short stories that fall after this that we'll do before we begin the next book. Oh, okay. She's so, I mean, guys, did you hear yeah, that? I'm ready to get to the next book. <laughs> it's so I promise you, I promise you that these short stories are really, really interesting ones. Okay. Well, I think that, that you will not be sad about I them. enjoy most of the, most of the ones that we've read so far, but it's also just like, but I want to get to the, Get to the fireworks factory. <laughs> I can't. Uh, I have so much to say about the next book because so many people don't like it. Oh. And I really like it. Mm. And I think that the people who don't like it need to get their act together and restructure their fucking priorities for these books because they are wrong. But. You know, mm. well, I, I'm very curious about like what you think of the next one, because, yeah, it's a divisive one. Ooh. Um, anyway. All right. With that, with that tantalizing <laughs> tidbit. Thank you guys again so much for listening. I want to mention real quick. I'm sorry. I almost said goodbye, but then I realized um, 
you and I, we've talked before about like being worried about getting into Song of Ice and Fire because it's a very like neckbeard dominated fan space. And we've just been a little bit like leery about it. And I said in a lot of ways, I was worried because that was where things started to look like they were going with Dresden, um, getting a lot of like male dominated criticism mm. and whatnot. And I am so gratified over the past couple of months at the number of specifically dudes who have emailed or tweeted at me saying that they really enjoy the show. They really enjoy our perspectives. Um, I've seen us mentioned by other people in Dresden groups and guys have made up just as many of the recommendations as women. Oh, that's great. And it's not like there has have been no like caveats of like, I really like them. They do, uh, you know, they talk about feminism too much, but like they're pretty good still. It hasn't been that kind of thing. And it really was like that initially when we started the show. And I feel like, you know, I'm just really pleased and and, uh, I feel very hopeful about things when I see that there are guys who are able to just, you know, enjoy something despite the criticism of the thing. They can see that we also love it. And that's exactly what I was going to say, too, is that makes me really happy to hear that. I'm glad you shared that because... You know, I remember at the beginning of this, there were a lot of comments about, like, you know, harping on the male gaziness of it. And, uh, you know, that was just kind of a bummer because I feel like it's so apparent. Like, you know, it wasn't Mm -hmm. like we were just making up a problem. Like, it existed. It was a thing that was going on in these books. But, I mean... I still really am enjoying the fuck out of this series, you know, mm-hmm, and I don't mm-hmm. think that calling out when, when the author missteps means that you, you know, don't appreciate the work. Right. Right. And so it makes me really glad to hear, especially from uh, our male listeners that they can appreciate our enjoyment of the books mm-hmm. and they don't like, crack under the slightest fucking criticism of it you know um Mm -hmm. so yeah that's awesome yeah i i and i like that they don't feel the need to qualify that they like a show with feminist hosts you know it's just sometimes i feel like there's all of these asterisks when dudes recommend stuff by women and it's like I uh, I just have it's really been sort of heartwarming to see how much full throated support we've gotten recently. That's great. I think that peace talks coming out has been a big factor because people are looking for um, coverage of the books again. You know, with the new one being released. Well, that's so. good to hear. Well, you know, yeah. I and it, you know what else makes me? I'm so happy to hear that also because I know that there are a lot of women. Um, who listen to the show or listen to our other shows and have wanted to get into these books but are put off by some of the earlier books. And I know, I remember the conversations and a lot of times it felt like the women almost didn't want to admit that that was a problem for them. Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. was like they felt like embarrassed or guilty or something. Yeah. Um, And I just want people to know that, like, no, you're not, like, being crazy or overly sensitive. Like, 
you know, it's a it's a bit of a bummer. But also, yeah. the books is so they're so good. That, like any person that brings them up, I'm always just like, yeah, I know it's hard, but trust me, like you're gonna love yeah. you're gonna love this world once you get into it. Like, you know, hang in there. Agreed. Yeah. And it, it is the sort of thing that when somebody's like, I'm sorry, I just couldn't. I, I'm like, oh, you know what? Right. I get yeah, it. Same. I'm not mad at you for that. Same. But also, like, I hope that you can, because I believe that it's worth mm-hmm. it. Um, and I, <laughs> I, I totally understand that feeling that some women have of just being like, I don't want to admit that this bothers me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because then if I do that, all of a sudden, I have to look at the whole thing. And I don't feel like doing that either. Yeah. It's tiring being a woman mm-hmm. and trying to enjoy mm-hmm. things. Like, <laughs> you know, right. Or like, you know, you, you want to like, you're scared to like, you have to whisper it into a dark room and then run away before right? everybody like dog piles you and says, you know, you're like, you know, you're a betrayer of women. Yeah. That or, <laughs> or the opposite where like, you're like, Hey, I tried to read these books, but they're a little bit too, you know, I was uncomfortable and, Oh, you're so sensitive. You can't just take a uh, piece, you know, like they're all ready to jump yeah. on me too. So it's like, you just fucking suffer in silence. You just don't say anything. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And not saying so, anything is not like, that's just not feasible for me. I have to say shit. <laughs> Can't help it. It's hard saying. It's a bad fucking habit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, thank you guys all so much because uh, you know I don't necessarily respond to everything. I can't, you know, I can't keep up. But I want you to know that like if we get mentioned and stuff, I see it, yeah. and it always just kind of tickles me. Well, um, I so I don't see it. I mean, just, she likes it that way. You know, you guys. Well, also too because I'm I'm I'm, I'm spoiled, so I can't you know be mm-hmm. out in the wild anywhere where anyone is talking about anything <laughs> so, accepting fucking invites they got sent to everybody in the group Rashawn. i know it was not for you that to, was not for you i know how that shit works <laughs> <laughs> but i click going anyway <laughs> <laughs> all right guys we'll see you next week until then toodaloo motherfuckers bye guys Spoiled Network Podcast.